Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Church Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people take their next step to move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridgechristian.com. We pray that your life is transformed through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wears. We're in a series called The Right Track. You'll see it right back there and on the screen. And The Right Track is how we're introducing to you the growth track. Let me tell you what the growth track is. It is a pathway to help every single one of us to move closer to Jesus and to allow him to work in a greater way in our lives. And in this pathway, there are four steps. The first one is know God. The second one is to, to uh, walk with God. The third one is to connect with others. And the last one is to make a difference. Each one of those steps is important and will move us closer. And this morning, we're going to look at knowing God. We're going we're to talk about how to know God. Now, one of my favorite stories, and I've shared it here before, but it's such a good one, I want to share it again. It's about Coach Bobby Bowden at Florida State. When he was at Howard University as a student, he played baseball. And this one time he hits the ball, it took off like a scalded cat, and it got into the outfield, and and he's headed towards first. He rounds first, and he's headed towards second, and he sees that the guy hasn't gotten to the ball yet. He goes around second, and he heads towards third, and he sees just about the time he's getting to third, the guy's finally getting to the ball. And he thinks, I can make it to home plate. He really wanted to do this. You know why? Because he had never hit a home run in all, of his, in all of his career. And so he heads towards home plate. And I mean, he's running like crazy. He slides into home. And just as he slides into home, the ball gets there. The cloud of dust settles. The umpire goes safe. He's kind of strutting over to the dugout and getting ready to celebrate with his friends. And and the catcher walks up behind him and tags him with the baseball and points towards first. And the umpire says, you're out. You didn't tag first. What Coach Bowden says next is this. He says, first base is knowing God. And if you don't get that right, nothing else matters. Wow. Wow. Knowing God. That's what we're going to talk about today. Why? Because if we don't get that right, nothing else matters. Okay? So, so we've already talked a little bit about Galatians, the fourth chapter and verse 9. And this is what it says in Galatians 4, 9. It says, but now that you know God, or rather are known by God. Knowing God is a reciprocal, is a, is a reciprocal relationship. It takes two people to know. We did the thing at the beginning, and we all knew those faces, Oprah Winfrey, Harrison Ford. And, and, you know, we understood who they were. But to say that we know them, that's not quite what we would think, is it? Because when we say that we know them, that, that, would, that would maybe make you think that we are also known by them. I was playing golf at Jennings Mill Golf Course in Athens. Uh, There was a man who owned that golf course that went to to the Athens Christian Church. And about once a quarter, he invited some of us preachers to go and play. 
We had finished that day and we'd had a great lunch and, and uh, it, it was always closed on Monday, so that's why we got to play. And as I was leaving, I noticed this guy on the ninth green and you, you notice him because there's not a lot of people playing that day. And I, I looked and I said, you know who that is? That's Kenny Rogers. So I stopped my car and I, I walk out there and this is, what I, this is what I say. You guys wouldn't have to have seen a, a seven iron, would you? I knew they hadn't because it was in my bag. I, I just wanted a chance to meet Kenny Rogers. And, and they said, no, we, we haven't seen one. And then I, then I look at him, I said, don't I know you from somewhere? And then these two big guys kind of started moving towards me. I said, well, I, I'll see you guys later, got in the car. Now I, I could tell you today that I know Kenny Rogers, that Kenny Rogers and I used to be real close, you know, probably 10, 15 feet between us. But let's be honest, I didn't. Because it's a reciprocal relationship where we know them and they know us and you're growing there. So, so that's what we want to talk about today. That is our definition is that we know them and they know us and that it is growing closer together. And so we're going to look at a passage from Matthew 7. We'll start in verse 21. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there or click there on your device. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to supply one from our Welcome Center. But we're going to look at this. This is a teaching from Jesus. This is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And I, and I want to tell you uh, what we're going to hear today is really important because if you don't know God, nothing else matters. So if you, you can follow along in Matthew 7 and verse 21. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. I want us to concentrate right there just on that last little bit of phrase. I never knew you. They said, Lord, Lord, they did lots of things. But when you get right down to it, he didn't know them. And that's part of the relationship. And so this morning, this is what I want you to understand is that we can know God by making three life-changing steps that we're going to see from this passage. That you and I can know God. And, and, and I'm going to give you three life-changing steps, I believe. And the first one's probably going to blow your mind because you're not going to believe that I'm telling you this. But, but this is really important. And the first one is this. is that you need to get off of the treadmill of good works. You need to get off of the treadmill of good works. And, and that probably needs a little bit of, of explanation. Uh, so th this is the idea here. You know what a treadmill is, don't you? A treadmill is an implement of torture, Okay. You get on that thing and you walk and you run and where do you go? Nowhere. You could go for days on there and what is going to happen? You'll be in the same place. There is that that happens to us in the church sometimes when we get wrapped up in doing good works. They don't move us any closer to Jesus. Okay? They don't move us any closer to Jesus. You see what they said? Didn't we... Didn't we prophesy? Didn't we cast out demons? And didn't we do miracles? And you know what? That didn't draw them any closer, and they didn't know God. You and I might say it this way. Didn't, didn't I show up at church? Didn't I put money in the bag? Did, didn't I work with the five-year-olds? 
But you know what? We can do all those things and we can stay very busy with good deeds. But in fact, we don't come to know who Jesus is. We can be actually so busy. And you know, there are lots of people in this world that are doing lots of great things, but they don't know Jesus. You see, we can be so busy that we just don't get to know. And in fact, the church has helped in that sometimes. Sometimes the church has worked to keeping people so busy. And that's why we're making a change. We're not going to have Wednesday nights as such anymore. The, the growth track that we're working to is going to help you get on the path to be, to, to, to be closer to him. But we want you to have the time to get to know him. I, I like this little statement. I heard this a long time ago. We can spend too much time in the kingdom and not enough time with the king. Did you get that? We can spend so much time in the kingdom doing so many things that we've never taken time to know who he is. There's a legend about the Taj Mahal, and, and the Taj Mahal is a beautiful building in, in, in India. And the emperor built it to remember his wife who died very young. It was 22 years in the making. And when they began to build it, they put her coffin right smack in the middle so they wouldn't forget. And, and as things turned out uh, and got really busy, one day somebody bumped into it and they said, what is this? And they actually had it removed. That happens to us sometimes, doesn't it? We get so busy that we don't have time to remember the one who created us, to remember the, the reason that we're here today. Listen to what it says in, in, in Ephesians, the second chapter in verse 8. It says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Okay, grace is unmerited favor. We've been saved, how? Through God's just unmerited favor, because he's good to us, because he loves us. And the way that we're saved is through simply believing. And then he reminds us, and this is not from yourselves. This is nothing that you can do. This, this, this isn't about the good works because all the good works that you and I can do wouldn't be enough to get us into heaven, wouldn't be enough to save us. He says, and it's not from ourselves, it is the gift of God. Then he says, not by works so that no one can boast. We can't boast about it. What we need to do is get to know who God is and know his goodness and understand his grace and understand his love and then believe in that and then we understand the gift of God. It's nothing that you and I can do so that no one can boast for we are God's handiwork and the reason that we are God's handiwork is that we're created in Christ to do good works. They come back, now they are a response to God's goodness which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we get off that treadmill of good works. We take time to get to know God. And when I realize how good, how great, how wonderful he is, you know what I want to do then? I want to honor him. And I want to tell other people about him. I want people to know how great and how good and how perfect he is. And it kind of changes things. Listen to, listen to what it says here. It says, nothing that we can do or say will make God love us anymore. And nothing that we can do or say will, God make us love, will make God love us any less. Folks, God loves us and wants us to know him. And, and this is how I would put it, is that if you're running from hell, if you're looking as the church as a fire escape, and you know what happens when you're running from something? You're gonna wear out soon. 
You can't run far enough or fast enough to get away from hell, and soon you'll wear out. But you know what? When you begin to run towards Jesus, because you know him and you understand who he is, and you see how great he is, can I tell you what? Can I tell you what? You want to do those things. They're not a have to anymore. They're a get to. Why? Because you know how good God is. So we get off the treadmill of good works so that we can get to know Jesus. And that changes who we are. The second step in this whole, this whole idea of coming to know Jesus is this, is that we make God our only object of worship. We make God our only object of worship. I want you to hear what it says in that passage. It says, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy? Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons? Lord, Lord, didn't we do miracles? It was all about them. What they didn't realize is the only reason that they could cast out demons, the only reason that they could prophesy, the only reason that they could do miracles was because God had equipped them to do that. They were taking the credit from God. They were worshiping themselves. And when you read that and you begin to understand that, you know what, that's where we often get off track is that there are other things that become our object of worship. And a lot of times it's us. Lord, didn't I? Lord, didn't I show up to church when it was 20 degrees? That should be worth something, shouldn't it? Didn't I put some money in the bag? Lord, I helped with the junior hires and you know how rotten they are. I should get into heaven. I did this, Lord. I did this. If you go back to what we just read a minute ago in Ephesians, the second chapter, he says we're not saved by those works so that we could boast. And when we begin to boast about what we have or what we've done, we've taken our eyes off of God. But let me tell you what happens when we begin to, to worship God, when we make him our only worship, object of worship, we see how good he is. We, we begin to understand that he is a loving God, that he is a compassionate God, that he has a plan for our lives. And when we begin to understand that, can I tell you what happens? We want more of it. We want more of it. Because we realize how perfect and how good he is. And at that point, what we want to do is leave some things in the past. And we're ready to go after him. You see, once we get off that treadmill of good works and we make him the only object of worship, we see how great he is and we want more. We want more. I want to read to you from Jeremiah the ninth chapter, it says, this is what the Lord says, let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches. Boy, you hear that a lot today, don't you? A lot of people boast about a lot of things, about how much money they have or, 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 or they boast about how smart they are or how strong they are. We could go right on down the list. But he says, don't boast about that. He says, but let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, righteousness on earth, for in these I delight. You see, whenever you and I begin to boast about all the things that we have, we've made ourselves the object of worship. But when we begin to boast about God, that he's given us a head so that we can understand who he is, that, that, that we can actually know him. Whenever I begin to understand that everything that I have comes from him, 
it begins to change who I am. And I begin to actually want to know him more when I make him the object of worship. I begin to see how great, how perfect he is. And I want to draw closer. But it begins by knowing him and loving him and honoring him. I got a question for you. When was the last time you boasted about God? Okay, pretty simple question. When was the last time you boasted about God? You know, we, 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 we do tend to boast about our riches, the things that we have. We do tend to boast about uh, our, our strength, or, or, or we, we boast about our wisdom. Or we boast about the falcons, or we boast about the dogs, or my Seminoles, of course. I'm meddling now, aren't I? But when was the last time you actually just talked about how good God was to somebody? When the conversation moved to, uh, we're going to talk about how great the falcons are. We're going to talk about how great something is. And then you just take that opportunity to share. Now, can I tell you two things could happen at that point? If that person doesn't know God, if that person doesn't know Jesus, you're going you're to throw something out there that will pique their interest. That, that, that will say, I, I, I think I might want to hear more about this. You didn't tell them how bad they were. You told them how good God is. And so they, they want to know a little bit more. So, so that, that, that's, that's called witnessing. And so just in that boasting, you, you, you've given them an opportunity to understand who he is and maybe come to know him. But you know what could happen? You could be boasting to somebody that knows Jesus, and then they start boasting right back, and you begin to know God through their eyes, and you see the greater things that he's done. Okay. We make him. We make him our only object of worship after we get to know him because we've gotten off the treadmill of good works. But then there's one more thing that I want you to understand, and we see it in this passage, is that we need to obey God. We need to obey God to know the goodness of God. We need to obey God to know the goodness of God. At the very center of this passage that we're reading, it's about obedience. This is what it says there. Lord, Lord. Lord, Lord, <laughs> Lord, Lord, it's not everybody that says that that's going to get into the kingdom of heaven. And then he says, because why? They didn't do the will of the Father. Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those, but only those who do the will of the Father, only those that obey. And when we obey, can I tell you what happens? We begin to learn how good God is. It is in obedience that that happens. Jesus follows up this little passage that we looked at with a, a, a brief story. It's about two men that are building a house. Two men that, that, that build houses and then they, then they in, encounter storms. Can I tell you something so you'll know right now that you and I are going to have storms in our life? I wish I could tell you that's not true. Some of you right now are going through financial storms. Some of you right now are going through storms with your children. Some of you are going through storms in, in so many different ways. They're going to happen. So, so what you're going to hear next is really important. 
Because you're going to begin to understand that obeying God will help you understand the goodness of God. There was this guy, and he was a foolish guy. And the, the foolish guy, and the, the, the determination that he was foolish is this, is that he heard the word of God, but he didn't do anything about it. And he said, the foolish man built his house on the sand. And when the storms come, and you know they're going to come, that they've come at us in lots of different ways, the house collapsed. Okay, it just collapsed because the foundation washed away. Why? Because he didn't listen to God. He heard it, but he didn't put it into action. Can I tell you at this point, typically what happens is the person that happens to begins to blame God. And they say, God, why did this happen? It's pretty simple because they didn't listen to him. He gave them something and they didn't listen. And then when, when it falls away, the, the foundation falls away and the house crumbles, you know what they don't know? They don't know about the goodness of God. They don't know. And in fact, probably what they're going to do is they're going to blame God. When really they should have blamed themselves. They were willing to take the credit, but they weren't willing to take the blame. The second guy, they call him a wise man. And the wise man, it says, built his house on a rock. The reason he was wise is because he heard what God said. Okay? And then he did it. He was wise because he heard what God said. And then he did it. And it says that when the storm came, and you know, just like I know, that the storms are going to come. When the storm came, he was safe in the house because it stood. Because he invested in a foundation and listened to God, he was safe. And he knew the goodness of God. Why? Because he obeyed. Why? Because he got off the treadmill. Why? Uh, because he made God his only object of worship. Why? Because he listened and then he knew the goodness. I want you to hear what Jesus says in John 7, in verse 17. It says, anyone who chooses to do the will of God, and that means that obedience is happening there, will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. I want to give you a modern day uh, translation here. The proof, the proof, folks, is in the pudding. You eat the pudding, and it's good. You know that. And what Jesus is saying, if you will obey me, if you will obey me, you're going to find out that what I'm telling you is good. Knowing God. Knowing God is good. So I've got one more statement that I want to share with you. It's from a, I read a devotion called My Utmost for Its Highest. And, and, and it's by a guy named Oswald Chambers. And this was from December on one of the days. It says, God's mark of, appro of approval whenever you obey him is peace. God's mark of approval is peace. The storm came. The guy who was wise and listened to God stood at peace, or probably sat in peace, or slept in peace in his house. Why? Because he knew the goodness of God. And when we obey, that happens. Pretty simple stuff, isn't it? You and I, 
through these three steps can come into a relationship uh, of a growing relationship of knowing God. It just starts when we get off the good, uh, when we get off the, the treadmill of good works. And, and, and you know, that's when we change from doing it to, to, to earn our way to heaven when we do it because we're going to heaven. And then we make Jesus, we make God our only object of worship and everything else falls to the side. And, and then the third one is this, we simply obey. And at that point, folks, we begin to understand how good God is and we want more of him. You see, nothing else matters unless you know God. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we, uh, we are so thankful that you allow us to know you. And Father, in these next few minutes, as we just think about what your word is saying to us, Father, I, I just ask that you would open our hearts, open our minds, that we might hear. Father, that we might actually be just like the man who built his house on the rock, that we might hear and we might, we might do what you tell us to do. Father, we know, we know that the number one thing that we need to do is know you. So Father, now work in us that we might make that our life. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you'd like to find out more about Northridge, visit our website at northridgechristian.com. If you'd like to stay connected throughout the week, download our ChurchLink app today for your iOS or Android device.